This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3534 Friday, the 11th of February 2022. Today's show is entitled File Names and ASCII and is part of the series DOS. It is hosted by Ayuka and is about 15 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is, we continue our look at the old warhorse, DOS this time it is DOS file names and ASCII. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio, and another exciting episode uh, in our DOS series. And what I'm going to take a look at today, there's a couple of topics. Um, one of them is DOS file names, and then related to that um, is the topic of ASCII characters. Um, so, um, let's go. DOS file names follow what is called an 8 3 or 8.3 convention. Now this means that all DOS file names have two parts with up to 8 and 3 characters respectively. Now the up to part is important. You can have less. Um, but the first part is often referred to as the file name in some documentations that I've seen. That can be a little confusing but what are you going to do? Uh, it can have anything from one to eight characters in it. This is followed by the extension, which can have anything from zero to three characters. Now, separating these two parts is a period, but in computer language, we never call it a period. We call it a dot. So, 8.3. Now, file names can use any letter of the alphabet or any numeral. Many of the other characters found on a keyboard are also allowed, but not all of them. Uh, And that is because many of these other characters have been assigned a special use in DOS. Now we call those reserved characters. So, what are some of the characters that can appear in a DOS file name other than letters and numbers? Well, there's the tilde, um, the exclamation mark, the at sign, the pound sign, the dollar sign, the percent sign, the caret, the ampersand, left or right parentheses, uh, underscore, dash, left and right curly brackets, and apostrophe. Now, there are additional characters in the extended ASCII set that can be used. Um, and so you might sometimes see an odd file name if someone managed to use those. Uh, <coughs> now, there are characters that have a special meaning in DOS. 
the reserved ones, and they cannot be used. And these would include the asterisk, the forward slash, the plus sign, the vertical bar, the backslash, the equal sign, the question mark, left and right square brackets, semicolon, colon, quotation mark, period, less than sign, greater than sign, and comma. Also, you cannot use a space in a DOS file name. Now, you can actually simulate one using an appropriate ASCII character, which we'll mention. Now, the reason that you can't use a space is that DOS uses spaces to separate items in the command line. Now, we talked about this a lot in the previous tutorial, so uh, I hope you were paying attention to that. So, you cannot use spaces, but you can actually simulate a space. Um, now, another thing, it does not matter whether you use upper or lowercase letters. DOS converts all letters to uppercase in any event. So your files will all wind up with uppercase letters in the name no matter what you do. Now, file extensions. In DOS, a file does not need to have an extension. Uh, you can test this quite easily by creating a file called foo and saving it in your DOS test directory. Do a directory list, uh, listing using the dir command and you'll see it listed. But the file extension does have its uses in DOS. Certain file extensions have built-in meanings, such as exe always denotes an executable file, com is a command file, sys is a system file, and bat is a batch file. Now, other extensions might be created by a particular software program or by you when you create a file. One thing that is very different in DOS when compared to Windows is that DOS does not have the associations that Windows has. In Windows, for instance, a .doc file will typically be associated with Microsoft Word. And if you attempt to open this file, it will automatically call Word, open it, and load the file. DOS does not have any of this. Now, there, there were some DOS shell programs, like Norton Desktop, that gave you some of these capabilities. And if you want to look at it that way, the ultimate DOS shell program was Windows, at least up to the 3.11 level. I've even seen arguments that Windows 95 was nothing more than a DOS shell. We had some interesting arguments about that back in the days, and there was actually stuff in built-in comments in the help system, references that uh, you dug into Windows 95 and saw a reference to a version of DOS that it was. Now, in any case, DOS does not have file associations. So if you used a DOS word processor, that didn't particularly matter what extension you used for your files. You could get creative and use extensions as part of your filing system if you wanted. You could, for instance, name your memos using .jan, 
.feb.mar, etc., to help keep track of them. I wouldn't do it exactly that way, but it, it is doable. However, if you're using a DOS window on a Windows machine, you need to keep the needs of Windows in mind and be more careful with your file extensions. In fact, although people often refer to it as a DOS window, it isn't. It isn't DOS. It's calling a program called uh, cmd.exe, and it has a lot of similarities to DOS, but it's not identical to DOS. Now, ASCII. Um, we, we mentioned that the characters all come from the ASCII file set. So what is ASCII? ASCII is an acronym for American Standard Code for Information Interchange. So it is a 7-bit coding system for creating the letters, numbers, and punctuation characters needed to create basic text files. Uh, a simple calculation shows that 7 bits allows 128 possible characters. Uh, 2 to the 7th power is 128. The same 7 bits can be thought of as a number, however, which means that we can think of letters and punctuation marks as being numbers in this particular coding scheme. Now, bearing in mind that computer numbering schemes always begin with zero, the possible numbers range from zero to 127. Now to see how this works, boot into DOS. Make sure the numlock is set on, hold down the Alt key, and type a number from 0 to 127 using the number pad. After typing the number, release the Alt key and look at the result. You should see a character of some kind appear. You must use the number pad for this exercise, not the numbers at the top of the keyboard, by the way. Also, this works just as well in Windows as in DOS. Um, and I have done that um, when I was putting this web page together to generate characters not normally available in an HTML editor. Now you may note that the name of this includes the word American. <laughs> what about people in other countries who want to use characters not usually found in American words? Well, the answer was to add one more bit, creating an 8-bit system called Extended ASCII. And I've got a link to a chart that has twice as many possible characters, running from 0 to 255. The first half is the same as ASCII, but in the second half, additional characters, uh, like the Greek, uh, some of the Greek letters, um, the German double S letter, uh, accented A, um, you know. So this made the extended ASCII code more universal. Uh, still has limitations, and that's why, you know, now in 2021, as I'm recording this, as compared to the late 90s when I wrote it, uh, the Unicode, uh, which is much more comprehensive, has become the standard. Now, I, I mentioned that you could simulate a space in a file name, and it's very simple. In the file name, add the character alt plus 255. This will look exactly like a space, but to the computer it is something completely different. 
Note that if you want to use any DOS commands involving this file, you will have to use the character Alt plus 255 in the appropriate place, or the file will not be recognized and you will get a file not found error. You could use this in a DOS environment, I suppose, as a kind of primitive security. Um, no one could delete this file unless they knew to add the appropriate Alt plus 255. Well, we all know in this day and age, security through obscurity is not a good idea, but there it is. Now, if you want to test this out, or any of the things that we do in these tutorials, I suggest creating a directory on your hard drive, like c colon backslash dos temp, or c colon backslash dos test, uh, to play around in without messing up anything else on your computer. You can then create files and subdirectories in here to test out all of these procedures. Since creating files to test things is something you do a lot of, here's a genuinely geeky trick to amaze your friends with. You can create a file directly from DOS without using any other program, even DOS Edit. Here is how. Let's say you're in your DOS temp directory, so your command prompt is c colon backslash DOS temp, and then the greater than sign. So you would enter copy space con space foo dot bar. And then you would type, this is a test file. Finally, hold down the control key and type a Z. Now, if you do exactly that, you should get back a response from the computer that says, one file, parentheses S, close parentheses, copied. So here's what's going on. First, you're copying a file. You, we've talked about the copy command. It does what it says on the tin. Right? It copies the file from one place and puts it in another place. Now, where is the file being copied from? It's being copied from CON, C-O-N, which is the DOS shorthand for console. The console, in this case, is your screen. The file is going to be copied to foo.bar, which will be created in the DOS temp directory. Now, once you enter this command, the computer is just waiting for you to type in the contents of this file. You will notice that after you hit the Enter key, you do not get another command prompt. It's waiting for you to start typing text. Uh, so, I said type something like, this is a test file. Again, you hit the Enter key, but still no command prompt. The computer thinks you may still want to enter stuff. To tell the computer you are done, you need to enter an end-of-file marker, EOF. And you do that by holding down the control key, and while it is down, hitting the Z key. The result should look like caret Z on your screen. Now, caret is, uh, it's like a little tent, sort of like the greater than sign, but it's pointing up instead of to the right. Now, if you hit the Enter key this time, the computer will copy the line, this is a test file, into a file called foo.bar and give you the response, one file copied. Pretty neat, eh? So, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio, signing off, and as always, encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.